What happened to Brendan Walsh? You'd be surprised. And we'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. I know some people were expecting Rick Lee, the drummer from 10 Years After Today. He's been rescheduled for next Wednesday. I have a uh, guest uh, I'm really excited about having on uh, today. Actually, more far more exciting. No, no offense to Rick Lee, but I'm far more excited uh, about the guest that I ended up having today. And I'm fortunate to have him here only because I stalked him and basically would not take no for an answer. He's here today uh, and he's got the best podcast that I've come across in a long time. Most interesting podcast, addictive and most unique a podcast called the World Class Podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in the fabulously funny uh, Brendan Walsh. Brendan, welcome. Um, first order of business called the World Record Podcast. Oh, World Record. What, what did I call it? World Class Podcast. Uh, I'm an I idiot. mean, it is a world class podcast. It is. Uh, I, I have a problem with that. I mean, the brain is not connected all, often to the mouth. And as I mentioned it briefly uh, before we got started, I'm a little nervous today because I wasn't sure whether I was getting uh, the B-Man or the stand-up comic uh, that uh, Brendan Walsh is or to the George Washington scholar who uh, makes me feel like I, I better be careful about the questions I ask. <laughs> well, the the um, Brendan Walsh, the stand-up comic, is is dead. He's now the B-Man. Uh, what happened was, um, I, uh, Brendan Walsh was an investigative journalist on the side of being a stand-up comedian, and I uncovered a plot by all the beekeepers to put mind control drugs in the honey, in the honey supply. I, I uncovered that plot, and then one night, the beekeepers caught me snooping around their beehives and they all attacked me. They swarmed me. And they held me down. And they filled my mouth with bees. And then they sewed my mouth closed. And then the bees got into my system. And I became one with the bees. And now I'm the bee man. I don't seem to be allergic to you, but I, I've, I've tried to relate this story to my wife. Uh, and I'm glad you put it in, in words that I can actually play it back for in, in concise, uh, detailed uh, events about what happened. So was that an assault or th that was an, an assault? Uh, it's right? your basic run of the mill origin story to any yeah. superhero. <laughs> right. Um, so how has it affected your life uh, being half B? Uh, does it does it put any like changes on, on the way you have to run live your life uh i just i have more powers i have the powers of the bees i can summon bees and uh i, I wouldn't say i'm half and half i mean it's just kind of intertwined it's like when when jeff goldblum became the fly almost very cool stuff so it's like it's all it's all mixed into my system a little scary. So uh, the B-Man now is, as I mentioned, is the uh, moderator of the host of and uh, the facilitator, I guess, of the World Record Podcast. And I apologize for getting that wrong. The That's most okay. 
the most unusual podcast ever. And I have to tell you, I came in here one night to work uh, on, on editing my podcast. My And four hours later, my wife said, what are you doing? I said, I got to start working on my podcast. She said, you came in here four hours. I said, I started watching this thing. And I went from one episode to another. I can't take my eyes off it. It's like fucking heroin. Oh, <laughs> that's uh, that's really good to hear. I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear that you were watching it too, because we started doing uh, started doing video about maybe about thirty episodes ago. I'm not sure which episode we started with. Just you know, audio. Where I like I like audio episodes i grew up listening to like bob and doug mckenzie and cheech and chong like all those old comedy albums like sketch comedy albums and uh i always i i there's just something about that that i like because it's not you know it's leaves a lot up to you to to uh you know put together what these guys look like and what's going on and paint your own scenario and uh, when we started the podcast because i had two podcasts before the world record podcast. I had the Bone Zone podcast and uh, Do You Know Who Jason Siegel Is? And they were both just audio. And then starting this one, I was like, you know, I want to get more serious, you know, like let's, you know, let's really, uh, well, serious. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I guess my point is like, you know, this isn't going to just be a hobby because we did the, the Bone Zone for six years and there was no income ever really generated from that. Um, even though it's the funniest podcast that was ever made. Um, so with this one, I'm like, let's, you know, let's really, let's, uh, let's do this one right. And everybody was saying you need to, everybody does video. You have to do video now. And I'm like, you know, our podcast isn't just, you know, three comedians sitting around a table telling road stories or whatever. So if I'm going to do video, I want to do something that lends it. So I want that to be another layer of the podcast so absolutely I, I get that but it seems like it's a lot of work in post or or to to get all the effects that you have for the video stuff and makes it a, a a much bigger job than doing just an audio podcast yeah yeah it really does i i've been thinking about because also i still don't think you know uh i think the majority of the people are still just listening to it um it, which is fine i mean that's that's how it was made but um, I, I, I'm into the video stuff we're doing. I've, I found a great, uh, there's a guy named Drew Brown who is a listener. Like I kind of put a call out on, um, discord or on the Patreon or something, if anybody wants to help with editing and, and he stepped up and he does, you know, right off the bat, just doing, started doing a great job. So. Oh, good for him and good for you. And by the way, the Patreon link is in the uh, scroll there. It's going across the bottom of the screen. It's uh, patreon.com slash world record podcast. I really urge you to support this thing, folks. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Now, you do, it, it's weird because you're doing a premiere that seems like it's live. And <laughs> is, is that Monday nights? Is that when, when you're doing that? Or is it every Monday yeah. night? I mean, that's that's a new thing. I just know because like I'll upload. So the way the, you know, the episodes go, we generally record about an hour and a half to two hours. And then I'll put, you know, the way Patreon works, I put about half of it out for free. And then the other, if you want the other 90 minutes or whatever, 40 right. minutes, or whatever uh, it's on the Patreon. So with, um, with the free videos, I put them up on YouTube and I just noticed when I was, 
um, uploading them, there's an option to set as a premiere. And so I just like did that one night as a goof and was just kind of promoting it like, whoa, big premiere, live uh, chat. Blah. And so uh, and so I did it that night and it, it was kind of fun. And so I'm just like, that's just kind of another stupid layer of like the podcast to just have this like kind of pointless premiere of your free video <laughs> but it it was fun to be part of the chat room and just uh but to see you there chatting chatting along it's like it can't be live because he's here answering questions and stuff. yeah 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 it's kind of confusing yeah but uh, it's like might as well do it if they're giving you the option to do it. i just don't i guess other people do that i don't know i don't know I, what the point of the premiere is well, premiere is, is, is not my thing, but I have pre-taped uh, interviews and then done the live thing through here, played that video back through here with the live thing going in the corner and people act thinking it was live and just watched it along with them and just kind of chuckle to myself with people thinking this is live and they're trying to ask questions of the guests. <laughs> There's no way that I could possibly do that because it happened last week. But Yeah. Remember that? that? There was a Mr. Show sketch. I, I assume you're familiar. You watched Mr. Show. Yeah. Um, there was a Mr. Show sketch where David Cross was doing a call-in show, like a live call-in show where people would call in to answer questions about a topic, but it was the topic was pre-taped, so everything everybody was calling in for, he's like, that was last week. This <laughs> week we're talking about, I forget exactly the dynamics of it, but it was one of, it was, it's such a funny sketch because it's, it's such a dumb idea. Right. But on the audio side now, people are not going to get um, the fact that Tom Brady is <laughs> Tom Brady is wearing a, a helmet throughout the whole thing. Uh, do you ever have to stop and say, we need to describe this to the listeners? Because like you, I have most of my listeners, most of my audience is on the listening side. I do the live stream just to kind of keep people engaged and stuff. But the numbers are minimal compared to that. So yeah, I yeah. have to always remind myself, I'm really doing this for the audio people. So I need to remind people of what and explain to people what they're looking at do you do you have that uh you know i feel like more recently we've been because now i feel like the what we're doing is more gear like we're starting to gear it more towards the, assuming everybody's watching it you know like not so much visual but there there are kind of a lot of visual gags that are oh, intentional and um and then with the editing the stuff drew puts in there is you know definitely adds of another comedic element visually right. but uh no i always forget to you know like the tom brady i don't know if i told anyone <laughs> he was wearing a helmet the whole time i know so if you only heard it on on the audio podcast you need to go check out the video now and see what you were missing that's that's my point there uh also the, well, the on the patreon too he shows he shows his penis at the end of the of the end of, at the end of the episode. Oh, I just joined Patreon this morning. I'm going to have to go check that out. Uh, <laughs> at the very know. at the very end of the um, not like I'm very, hungry to see Tom Brady's penis, but it's oh, you, it's natural <laughs> to be curious. Yeah, I am a little curious about it because now that you've said it, uh, also you've you've gotten some great guests, and with you, you know, obviously before Brendan died uh, when he was doing stand-up, you always knew it was humor. Ne sometimes we, on the podcast stuff, your old podcast 
current podcast. Uh, it's hard to tell when you're kidding, when you're when you're trying to be funny, or you just or, or are being funny, or just really being serious. And you get me sometimes um, uh-huh. with the Cooperman Tire guy. It's the mm. first first time I saw you almost break character and crack a smile at, at what was going on and and kind of hit that there was some humor there because sometimes you are you just take the, the call so seriously like man p-man is is uh locked in the zone here with ask, asking these questions it's just it's it's remarkable to see you don't break character and, and laugh tough there was uh i lost it recently Oh, when um, me and the A-Train, Amanda, and her backstory is that she was carrying a bunch of batteries. She's the A-Train. She has the speed of the trains. And she was carrying a bunch of batteries across the train tracks and then got hit by a train and she got fused with the batteries. And now she has the speed of a train. But we were calling uh, New York pizza places. Um, just acting like idiot. Just saying, we need a slice of that New York pizza. Bar. And... <laughs> And I said, uh, and I told we called one place and I said, I'm going to get, I was like, you need to deliver it to the top of the Empire State Building. I'm going to eat that New York pizza pie and I'm gonna, <laughs> then I'm going to diarrhea off the side of the Empire State Building, off the top of the Empire State Building. And then the A-Train said, you know, you have to be careful because if you do diarrhea from the top of the Empire State Building, it builds up so much velocity that it could kill somebody on the street when they're walking <laughs> by. And that, um, I couldn't contain my, you know, that made me laugh really hard. But the Cooperman Tires thing, uh, I actually just designed a t-shirt for Cooperman Tires that I'm going to start selling. Um, but uh, the when we called the, the, and I could send you a clip. I don't know if you play clips, but I have a short clip of that call. Um, we called a tire place. Lizzie Cooperman was our guest. And I just randomly introducing her one time because she's been on the podcast a handful of times. She's a great guest. We just like have a lot of fun with her. And I just, I introduced her. I said, uh, CEO or the heiress of the Cooperman Tire fortune. (laughs) And uh, just because Cooperman Tire just sounded like, it sounds like a real thing. Right. And so we just kind of stuck with that ever since I, you know, made her the heiress and CEO of Cooperman Tires now. And we, so we called a tire place and she said that they have a new line of fruit roll-up tires, which are flavored <laughs> tires that are made of like fruit roll-up material, I guess. And we called a place seeing if they could, uh, if, if they got the shipment of fruit roll-up tires. And, um, and the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. We know we, we don't have flavored tires here. We just have regular tires. And Lizzie said, oh, no, I think it might be because we sent them prune tires. And I said, oh, is that what it is? Did you get prune tires? And there was a doo-doo incident. <laughs> and the guy said, doo-doo incident? That's, that's what I almost laughed because I did not expect the guy to say, I don't know what, what are you talking about doo-doo incident? Right. There was no doo-doo incident. I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have Cooperman tires and no doo-doo. <laughs> I got, he said, I mean, that's one of my favorite calls. I mean, granted, it's it's very recent, but it, it, I mean, to have somebody say doo-doo, get them to repeat doo-doo incident or doo-doo. Was it, was it doo-doo incident or doo-doo? It was doo-doo incident, yeah. There were two terms that I was using, but uh, either way, yeah, to get him to say just do, to repeat doo-doo, 
four or five times is right. just like I mean that's just like a gold star in the crank call um, it, handbook. It, did you do a lot of uh, crank calls as a kid? Because you seem to have the knack for I, most people in your situation doing that at some point with like wow this person is so stupid I don't know where to go from here or just lose lose the uh, ability to keep them on the line you have an uncanny ability to keep some of those people on 14 15 minutes where I know if I tried that they would be bailing in 30 or 45 seconds <laughs> so yeah is that a skill you learned as a kid did you were you trained in that self trained <laughs> well i mean you know like any kid around you know anybody around my age i i feel like maybe within 10 years of uh i don't know crank, making crank calls was just a thing that you did as a as a kid you know especially before even caller id i remember when caller id came out that kind of put the yeah that probably stopped a lot of people from making crank calls and uh now with cell phones, I mean, you can't, you can't, you, you're limited to businesses because nobody answers a strange number. Um, but yeah, I've been doing it my whole life, I guess. I mean, I've just always had, I always liked that stuff, you know, like the jerky boys. When I was introduced to the jerky boys, I was just like, this is next level. And that was even, this is how old I am, is that I was working, I was probably like, I don't know, 19 or something. And I had a job as a security guard, like an overnight security guard at this place, at this uh, this building in Philadelphia. And one of the guys that I worked with, one of the other security guards who worked upstairs came in and he had a cassette tape. And he's like, dude, have you ever heard of the Jerky Boys? I was like, no. And he gave it to me. And this was like the bootleg before the Jerky Boys had like a record deal and before the internet, like things would just kind of spread. People would make copies of the tapes. That's the same thing with the uh, South Park. Right. They made that Jesus versus Santa as like a Christmas card to, I, I don't know. They made that and it just kind of got passed around. And then, you know, and then it becomes a real thing. But I got the Jerky Boys bootleg. And then, you know, all their, they have more albums than people realize too. And they're just, they're so funny. It's, some of them are dated. There's one I was playing for Amanda. We we're on a road trip and she had never really heard the Jerky Boys. And we were listening to all of them and really, you know, great stuff. But uh, there were a couple where you're like, oh man, this is so, like, there's one where, like, it's so even before 9 11, you know, like, it's like a few years before 9 11. And a guy called one of them because it was the guy, Johnny Brennan, and then um, I forget the other guy's name, but he was like uh, Middle Eastern or Indian or something. And he would always do like a call like this. <laughs> and he calls he calls in a bomb threat to a pizza place, essentially. <laughs> He's like, I bomb you, I blow you up. And it's just like, oh my God, that like that just shows you what a different world we're living in. I mean, not that it's acceptable to do that ever, but I, um, uh, I, but it was I, on like a published, like that wasn't a bootleg. That was like released by Capitol Records or whatever. Um, on like Jerky Boys three or four, they had more albums than you remember. Yeah, I, I uh, actually did something very similar way before Jerky Boys <laughs> existed. I was working in a gas station doing the midnight shift. You know, one of those. Uh, you know, you just stay in the booth and people give you their money, that type of thing. And uh, some guys came up, friends of mine, that we smoked some joints, and they went over to Jack in the Box across the street. 
and to get some food. And I saw them waiting online. I said, man, they're standing there a long time. So I called the jack in the box and I said, listen, there's two men at the counter. One of them has a hand grenade. The other one has, has got a machine gun. And oh don't God. don't feed these men. They are very dangerous men. So they were standing there online like 45 minutes. All of a sudden I saw cops coming into the parking lot, getting on the roof and the whole bit. Cops get behind my friends and they're standing right behind them online. And all of a sudden you see them throwing them against the wall and, and oh beating beat the shit out of them. And then they got him in, interrogating him and they're asking him, do you know anybody who might want to set you up like this? And they just see me across the street, like laughing my ass off at it. They did not rat me out, but I didn't know. And, and this is like 1979 or something. My friend, <laughs> my friend had a half a half pound of weed stuck in the back of his jacket. The cops found it and they were, but they couldn't do anything about it because they, he was a victim, not, not, and it was an illegal search and it was set up and all that. So they let him keep a half pound of weed. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's an awful, awful, uh, awful thing you did. <laughs> I know. I, well, <laughs> I, I, was, I was a kid and it was a long time. And I don't think I'm, I'm still on the hook for that 1979. But I was yeah. not. I wasn't good with the uh, prank, phone, prank phone calls like you were and be able to hold them on, online. Well, I don't, you know, it's kind of shifted too with the the Craig calls that we're doing are like, I feel like they're getting less, I mean, not less jokey. I mean, I still think they're, I feel like they're a lot of them geared towards just like interesting where it's almost like a social, like kind of just finding out like that there's just people that are completely different than you are, especially like not to sound like a fogey, but, you know, like young, young people, like people that are like 20. Not even that young. 30s didn't know who David Letterman was. And I was like, how can you yeah. be 30 years old and not know David Letterman? I, I mean, that's true. I, But, you know, everybody's, you have to, you know, I mean, that's just like if that's not the world you grew, you know, like the guy I think was in Florida, worked at a pet store, had sounded like he had kind of a rural upbringings like if his folks weren't watching david letterman and he doesn't have like a bent you know if he's not like interested in comedy outside of i don't know the hangover or whatever then i, I don't know like I, I feel like i i can it's easy to just jump to like oh my god you idiot but it's like yeah, I don't know. I could cut people some slack sometimes, but it is baffling. <laughs> like, like, cause that guy like didn't know anything. Like right. everything I threw at him, <laughs> he's like, nope, never heard of that. No, don't know what. Uh, like, I I don't remember specifics, but like he didn't know who David Letterman was. He didn't know who Jimmy Fallon was. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Right? Uh, how could you be thirty and not know Fallon? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I bet he knows who the Kardashians are, though. You know, I'm the opposite. You could hit me with anything, you know, that's really current, and I wouldn't know it because I, I don't. I took television out of my house like 12 years ago or something. But I feel like here's, but with like the Kardashians and shit like that, you have to go. You still have to buy food, so you have to go to the grocery store, and every fucking like the Kardashians are just like a a trillion dollar industry or something. Like they have, they must. I would love to get behind the scenes of like what makes that fucking awful awful machine oiled and still going for more than a decade because every time you go to a grocery store i, I it, you know see for yourself 
there's at least three magazine covers with a Kardashian or a big Kardashian. You know, if it's not a photograph of one of them, there's a big bold like Kardashian bought a ferret or something or like Courtney's <laughs> weight loss secrets or and it's like how many people you know like how many millions of dollars are they spending on like these weird fucking PR firms or yeah because you know there's a there's somebody who's just like on top of like us weekly where they're like you okay what's the Kardashian we got to have a Kardashian on the right. cover if we don't get a Kardashian on the cover then you don't get the fucking Ryan Seacrest story like there's got to be just like a couple companies that control that are like the the spigot of bullshit fucking gossip that and they just like work with these awful magazines and they're just like listen okay we'll give you a fucking Blake Shelton story but you got to run this fucking Miley Cyrus uh it's it's just it's it's just awful I and know. It's, it's awful that it's like because you can't really escape it like you go to the grocery store and you're good. You got to stand in line at the grocery store. Yeah, you don't really. I go to the, the self checkout no matter how much I have just to Even avoid the that. Check out. There's there's still like the they still have like the gum and candy. Like they have that impulse buy shit. And that's right. what the magazines are. Yeah. Uh, and they're so they're famous now for 20 years or more for having absolutely no talent or, or not adding anything to humanity. No value to I anything mean, in the world. It's genius, honest. It's kind of genius because it all just started from a sex tape from Kim Kardashian, like blowing a guy, <laughs> on, like a rapper, Ray J. And she was like getting boned and sucking and fucking. And, uh, and that <laughs> got leaked out maybe by them or maybe, I mean, it's definitely turning, uh, you know, lemons into lemonade. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But that's really, that's what it's all about. I mean, the timeline, the chronological, I mean, the, her father also, you know, defended O.J. Simpson and was friends with O.J. Simpson. I remember that very well, yeah. And then, but then the second coming was like her blowing a guy and then all of a sudden a billion dollar a year, multi-billion dollar a year industry because like they all kind of have their own bullshit that people are buying into. Which is fine. Doesn't take any money out of my pocket. I mean, I think it just it's just shows how vapid a lot of people are. Absolutely. And you know what? We went through a period between 2000 and 2010 where every and I think you're right about the idea of of leaking it yourself. Every celebrity or every girl celebrity, young girl celebrity was trying to was caught with a blowjob tape or purposely put out the blowjob tape, making it seem like somebody else had done it surreptitiously. But it was a way to get more attention on them, you know, and so the blowjob tapes were, were the thing of the 2000s. BJ Tapes. That's a good that's a good alias to sign into a hotel under BJ Tapes. <laughs> tapes. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah, like Paris Hilton had one after that. And I wonder if that was like, if she's like, hey, I'm fucking pointless too, but I can like, you know, because it's just like, oh, I have even, I'm equally as untalented and pointless as this Kardashian whore. I can do the same thing and maybe get more money, even though my parents are like, you know, already super wealthy because my great grandfather started a fucking hotel chain. Right. Yeah, I think that that was definitely the case with her. I mean, it was anything for attention, and you know, she was trying to do everything, record albums and whatever. And but you know, fame is is a, a strange thing. Some people just want to be famous. I had a kid on the show who that was his whole quest, and he, made, he went as far as like making 
trying to capitalize on a, a gay bashing attack that happened to him. Came on the show basically wanting to tell a story about that. And then he opened up with a big blazer and a tattoo on his chest that said, uh, Evan the Entertainer, and said, I, it started by saying, I got to get on Ellen. I was like, what the fuck does that have to do with getting attacked? I mean, so you're using me and telling this story just to be famous. It's just like, well, that's, that's, that's kind of become, yeah, there's a whole generation of people that, because of the Kardashians and because of reality television, that's like, if you ask a lot of, I bet if you ask a lot of high school kids what they want to be, and I don't, I don't want to diminish the whole, I'm sure there's still like some smart kid, you know, whatever. It's not a whole generation, but majority, there's a lot of dumbasses where if you ask them what they want to do, what's, what are the, what's their goal, it would be just to be like, I don't know, to be famous. Like, I just want to walk into the club and have everybody turn their heads and know I'm here. And it's like, well, what do you want to be famous for? I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't know, right. rap or acting or or just like, you know, just being me, you know, doing me. And that's just like a real, uh, it's just a real dumbing down of, I mean, I feel like this whole country has been intentionally dumbed down. No question about it. Absolutely. Like 80s maybe. I'm trying to, it's hard to pinpoint exactly but i think it's probably somewhere in the 80s like even even down to like the um you know like the the like like the bill murray movies and stuff like the like where the hero was a total schlub loser who like didn't you know didn't want to exercise didn't want to work and it's like getting a bunch of kids to idolize these like slackers maybe yeah, part of like a, a larger conspiracy of like just have everybody just want to fucking you know party, do beer bongs, be like a Hawaiian shirt, doughy guy, um, party animal, ne'er do well. And then another big thing, and I've been t- I, I've been talking about this with people lately because it's just dawned on me. But like, how is because this is also affected? We're at a point now where there's a whole generation for the past 20 years where pornography has been plentiful and free and and easy as easy to access as making a telephone call and i find that to be very very curious because the government can regulate anything they fucking want they can write, and it's like, oh, the internet's a new, oh, it's a new thing. They didn't know what to do. It's like bullshit because that could have been the top story on every channel. It's like, okay, we have this new thing, the internet. There's a lot of pornography. How do we figure this out? And it would, it would have been very easy to put laws in place where you can just, like, just have, if you want to watch pornography, you have to put in a credit card number and we'll charge you one penny. We just need to, we just need proof. The only way you can't just click and say, yes, I'm 18. You, there has to be a way for us to prove that you're not eight years old about to watch an anal cream pie gang. <laughs> which is also another thing with this plentiful, free, readily available pornography. Things have been, none of this shit existed 20 years ago. There was never such a thing as an anal cream pie gaping, bukkake, gangbang, cock gagging. Like there's <laughs> never, 
Like there's things that have been invented and like, and, and like abusive kind of like, you know, spitting in your faces, slapping each other. Like, it's like, this is all because everybody, you know, back, back when we would have like a porno tape that was stashed away and you get a chance or the inkling, you get like a little horny and you're like, you know what? I'm going to watch, I'm going to queue up my favorite part of that porno, rub one out and then be on <laughs> with my day. Like now it's, uh, it, you know, it's just regular meat and potatoes. Like you see like, oh, she's an attractive lady. He's an attractive man. Oh, look, they're made, they're having sex. I see everything graphically. You weren't like, okay, I've seen enough of that. Can he try to stick his foot up her ass? Or can he <laughs> like, like, you know, put a broomstick up his ass and ride it like a whip or, you know, oh, kissing. Like, I mean, you just go on any like porno site and they have all the categories, there's there's no <laughs> world. And hey, I'm not, if you're into piss, that's fine. If, like if you're into getting peed on, whatever, That's that's been around for a while, you know, like kinks have been around, but there should not be 750,000 piss videos available on Pornhub or whatever, whatever site. And I feel like that has damaged Cause like, what's an easier society to take over? Like, you feed them processed food for thirty years, give them free pornography. You got a bunch of fat people jacking off all the time. <laughs> I mean, what's an easier country to just uh, to to conquer? Yeah, yeah, I get that, and you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, anal cream pies, uh, gangbangs did not not exist in my day. We had uh, uh, stag films that your uncle kept, and you had to kind of figure out how to get the the screws off the, off the hinges so you could watch it. Uh, but I think they run out of things to shock people. But I had an 18 year old freshman college student, uh, comedian, just beginning comedian, right before COVID hit. He did his first couple of stand up gigs. Beautiful bit about uh, the night they they turned off the dorm, uh, turned off the pornography. He said the the audible scream what you could hear from a mile away, and then we ran out into the hall, and every guy had his dick, uh, his pants around, his back <laughs> and his dick around. They turned it off. Oh, so like they blocked uh, porno sites on the on the Wi Fi. Yeah, but they. I they mean, got- listen, I'm not a you know I'm not a prude by any means, but I just you know. Like I said, it's something and yeah, 20 years later. I mean, I had bits about that, about how like things are being invented and like cock gagging is like, it's like, why are you trying to do that? She's a nice lady. Why are you doing that to her? It's already down there giving you a Billy Joel. Why are you trying to murder her? That's one of my bits. Yeah. Old well, bits. That's a Brendan Walsh bit. The B-Man has new material. Oh yeah. Well, uh, one of your old bits, uh, I, or Brendan's old bits, uh, from 2012, I saw recently, and I thought, wow, how far behind New York is. Because you were talking about getting your mar- medical marijuana card. I just got mine. That was 2011, 2012, or something. I just yeah. got mine two months ago, and, and a month later, they made it legal in New York. And I called up my friend. I said, you know, they made it legal in New York. He said, you know what this means? I said, yeah, it means I wasted fucking money on a medical marijuana card. That's what it means. Yeah. <laughs> but what did that run you like 50 bucks or something oh no yeah doctor visit was 145 and then oh. another 75 or 80 for the card and then you have to renew it but i'm not i'm not yeah. gonna renew it now but well they had that out here with i mean now it's you don't need anything you can just go to a dispensary um but even when it was the medical marijuana cards there were just these you know uh store shop 
places you'd walk into, they'd say, what's wrong with you? You'd be like, I'm scared of everything. You'd go, okay, yeah, you need me. <laughs> Right. That's, that's what it was like for me with the doctor. It was a Zoom call, and she said, what, what's the matter? I said, I got chronic pain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's still that way, and, but yeah. it's a ba- matter of money. Um, but well, that's uh, another thing, you know, like the government – well, whatever. I'm not trying to get on a big uh, – my hair is like a, doing like a like – a, I don't know what it is. Yeah, mine is a my little un- uh, But just the, the – you know, the fact that – marijuana has been illegal this whole time and like cigarettes and alcohol which are proven to just be fucking awful for you um not to get into a whole conspiratorial thing but i'm just like you know the government like there are kind of vast conspiracies like you know when people talk about like anything like 9-11 it's like oh that's impossible nobody would do that it's like look at fucking do some research see what governments have done throughout history Nothing's fucking impossible, you know. Right. Like, just be that dismissive. Um, just watch is, The uh, Godfather. If history has taught us anything, it's that you can kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And it's like, it usually is like the the first person. Like, yeah, watch, uh, you know, forensic files. It's like, yeah, it was the wife or the yeah. husband. It's whoever benefits, you know. And then that that works on grander scales, like governments and you know. It, and corporate, you know, corporations and governments like can collude and do things to fuck everybody over. People do that, you know, every day. Yeah, you, yeah. You guys right now figuring out a way how to screw their friend out of a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, why do you think the further up you get, <laughs> there aren't people like that? Well, it's just that it's really hard to keep a secret. And the bigger something gets, the more people get involved, the more likely it is somebody's going to come out and spill the beans somewhere along the line. That's that's my whole take on some of yeah. the big conspiracy well. theories. I got to get your take on this because uh, everybody's fleeing L.A. All the comedians are fleeing L.A. and going to Austin. You started in Austin and now you're out in L.A. What is your uh, take on this whole mass uh, migration of, of funny people out to Austin? Uh, I mean, you know, I, it's honestly, it's, it's funny. We were talking about, you know, last year, probably last year, around April of last year when the, all this, cause it's been insane here in Los Angeles with just like, you know, businesses going under like the lockdowns and it's been, it's been over the top and, um, and work too. And the cost of living. So I was talking with, uh, with the a train about like maybe we should move to austin you know because i was like we need to get out of here i can't fucking take this anymore um and i couldn't i'd like to move to the to the pacific northwest but either way austin i'm like i know austin i love austin still when we look on zillow for places to rent i know exactly where they are and um and then about you know five months later joe rogan moved (laughs) out there and uh and that's that's really the you know that's that's why it's joe rogan is is the most powerful person in he's the most powerful comedian he's he's a cult leader in so. history in history yeah in history in the sense that like he could and and i'm i i'm friends with joe i'm not you know um i'm not as entrenched in like the the you know that whole scene the click <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm friends. I'm friendly with all those guys, and um, and Joe, I did, you know, I toured with Joe a little bit uh, a while back, and um, 
So I'm, you know, I'm not saying this with any kind of, uh, no, I get whatever. it. I mean, it's a, but because it is kind of, but Joe's like a cult leader. I mean, he is like the power that he has to like people do. Cause there were guys like Sam Kinison, right? He used to tour around with a group of guys called like the outlaws of comedy. And then when Sam died, like, you know, some of these guys, their careers went on, but they went from, you know, doing like these arena shows to back at like these, you know, clubs, small clubs. And um, granted, they wouldn't keep doing arena shows. But Joe's power is that like he can, he could get, he could pick a random person off the street, have them on his podcast and then say, go see this person do comedy. They've never done comedy before but they're going to be at the Paramount Theater in Austin Friday and Saturday. Go see them. Those shows will sell out just because Joe said, go see this person. They're, they're going to try comedy for them. No, no doubt about it. He made 30 million uh, sales on a book that kind of sucked because he said it was a good book. I mean, I, and not, not to take away from the author who wrote the book, I thought it sucked. I'll put it that way because it's always subjective. But his power and influence isn't astonishing considering where it started because i looked at some of his first uh podcast episodes and there's no way and you would think in nine years ten years down the road this is going to be the most influential person on the planet as far as getting being able to sell merchandise sell a uh, a new comedian sell a new musician whatever i know people who've gotten into bands like the black keys just because Joe had him on 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 his podcast, and that's like wow, it's it's, it's amazing, and that's like yeah, that's my only. Um, I just, it's yeah, it's really incredible to see that kind of power, and I think it's like I I get you know like I've never talked to Joe about it, but that it's probably I mean he's very healthy and like you know the amount that he exercises and stuff. I mean, I think he needs to do that to keep his head screwed on straight. I mean, the, the weed smoking. I mean, I think if if I achieve that level, I it would be hard to keep it together mentally. You know, oh, totally, because totally. I, you know, you'd start. I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, it'd be. That's a that's a different that's a level where like, people are taking notice. Like you know, the government knows about Joe Rogan and they're watching Joe Rogan. And I, you know, I'm sure. I don't know if he's ever gotten a call. And I, now I'm sounding like Alex Jones, but I mean, I'm sure there are like, you know, there are things that maybe you would, that, I mean, if I were him, I would be like, maybe I shouldn't really delve too deep into this thing that we're, you know, I don't know, like an Epstein thing, or, or I can't even think of an example, but something I like, no, I don't, I don't a want a guy one. knocking on my door or get some weird note you know, saying like, hey, you better can it on the fucking Epstein shit if you know what's good for you. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's, I, I don't, I, I don't listen to his show that much. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like he, he gets into conspiracy stuff and he's not afraid to talk about anything. So I think most of his friends uh, like Eddie Bravo will come on and, and, and talk conspiracy stuff. He generally is the voice of reason in that room. And I don't listen that much anymore either. There was a time when I listened like every day when I was uh, traveling, commuting, and I don't commute anymore, so there's no no reason to. But it's funny that you say, mentioned cult, and it's it, because I had done a video on the cult of Dan, Doug Stanhope, and basically uh, say, saying that his influence over the killer termites was very cult-like. And... 
the killer termites loved it. I mean, they they all were like, yeah, <laughs> right on. You got you hit it right. Uh, I think you know sometimes you know influence can be a dangerous thing, but and sometimes you know people can just latch onto that and be proud to wear that you know i would think if you said i was in a cult i would be a little insulted but some people i always expected to kind of have to defend myself nobody yeah. nobody got angry at me they all said yeah that's pretty right yeah pretty right it is like a church like a cult whatever a religion of but the thing about stanhope i said for a guy who who is totally anti-religion and most a lot of his material is against different religions uh he kind of is a religion in his own right now and so I, it kind of changes the ball game in some some respect yeah but enough uh, about those guys they don't need us talking about them let's nah. talk about me yeah let's talk about you uh let me bring that back in where is that oh world record podcast the most un- unusual different type of video podcast vodcast if you want to call it uh you'll ever find <laughs> and uh it's uh you have to see it it's beyond explanation but i i have to warn you this you cannot just watch one episode uh your wife will have to or your significant other will have to come in and drag you out and say stop get the wife in on it you know i have uh my pregnant uh i'm still trying and- to explain to her the whole b thing and and, and i don't i don't do it very articulately and <laughs> she's, she's just looks at me like uh, yeah, it's very easy. I had my mouth filled with bees, sewn closed. The mouth, the bees got into my system, and now I'm one with the bees. <laughs> and she said, "Does he really believe that?" I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, you know, I, I can't tell when he's kidding and when he's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you have to uh, go. You're short on time, but I, I do have to uh, kind of get get some clarity on this. Uh, you and I have something in common. I think I've got bad banned from Twitter more than you did. You got. Yeah. You got banned from Twitter for um, pretending to be Donald Trump Jr., but not really pretending. You made it pretty obvious that you weren't him, right? No, it was pretty it, – it, it's pretty confusing. And I have to give a shout-out to Jamar Neighbors, who's uh, another super funny comedian <clears throat> who's legitimately crazy. I love Jamar. And um, Jamar on Twitter, he he did this first. Like one night I was scrolling through Twitter – and he changed his profile to be Donald Trump and changed, you know, if, if you have a, um, what do they call it with the a check? Verified, verified, yeah. So if you have a verified account, you can change, you know, your handle's still the same, but you could change the banner, the photo, and then the name. So he copied everything from Donald Trump's Twitter page. And then the only thing that would tip you off, it said at Jamar neighbors, but that's in small, like you don't, barely see that and it's verified so i was scrolling through twitter and i came across like a tweet from donald trump jr that just it said like something complete it just said like y'all are gay or something like that (laughs) and i was like what the fuck and it took me you know it took me a couple seconds like oh shit that's jamar that's hilarious so um another night or um either way you know i messaged him was like dude that's the funniest shit i've ever seen and then he would always he would impersonate different celebrities, change his whole page, and just tweet this crazy shit. And one night we were, bo- I was up late scrolling through, and he's acting like Donald Trump again. So I changed to look like Mike Pence, and we're getting, you know, we're just having these insane conversations on Twitter. And it re- at first glance, it really looks like Donald Trump and Mike Pence. They're saying these things, and uh, 
So then on the day that, and then, and then we change our things back and, and nothing ever happened. But then the wow. day that they, uh, whatever day that it's on my new Twitter account, um, in like November, whatever day they called the election when they said Joe Biden's the winner, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be funny. I'll just change my profile to Donald Trump Jr. for a few minutes and do some tweets. And I just was like, you know, this is bullshit. Me and Eric are putting on a pot of coffee and we're going to figure this thing out. The Trump organization is, the wheels are in motion for the Trump organization to buy the White House. So good luck getting in there, <laughs> Sleepy Joe. I, I literally did like five tweets or something. And people, you know, the replies were, because everybody, you know, everybody was kind of in a frenzy at that point. Like, yay, we won. Or like, fuck this shit. And, and, um, literally did it for about 10 minutes. And then I was like, okay, that's, I'm, I'm going to go change my, change it back to my own profile. And, uh, and then it said your account is suspended and, um, and they won't give it back. So, yeah, we right. tried. But the stupid in some way, I mean, I, the stupid and I gave him credit for because when I got, and it's happened to me a couple of times now, I'll confess I've been bad. But, uh, when I, I had to go to great lengths to try to not let them know that it was me starting a new account again, you're new. And I don't know if I should even say this, but your new account doesn't go far to hide who you really are and they they can't figure it out <laughs> it's my new account well you know you just you need a whole new email address this i mean and that's kind of getting my twitter account taken away from me with that donald trump shit was uh I know. one of the worst moves that i've made like not that my life revolves around twitter but you know i had about eighty thousand followers um verified account which does make a difference when it comes to like promoting things like it it's that you're elevated in the feed. And, you know, again, with this, with the world record podcast, my only real um, promotional tools are, tw are Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, and it really kind of like neutered me that Twitter, it's like nobody's seeing any of the, you know, I have like six, 7,000, I don't even know what I have, right. um, but a fraction of that. And I doubt they'll verify me again. So like it, it's ruined that you know, that promotional tool. And another side effect was I had a great thing going for about 10 years. I had a family on Twitter, Trish and Trevor Walsh. And, um, and we would get in these fights. I had an ex-wife, Trish Walsh, who lived in Philly, hated me. And I was behind on my child support. And then Trevor was like this little psycho. And I would get in these fights with them. And, you know, it was a fun, great thing. And a lot of people didn't know, like I had people who should know better back when I started it, where they're like, do you have an ex-wife and a kid in Philly? <laughs> and uh, No, people don't know when you're kidding. Even your friends don't. I, I put this to the test. but <laughs> uh, Well, yeah, I know. And I, I've discovered that, too, that, again, until it wasn't until my uh, – well, uh, the Tr Trish and Trevor, all my side accounts that I would have fun with all got close. I guess they just looked at the IP address they came from or something, but they managed to just shut down all the fun. Oh. That I was having, and um, the uh, oh, I forget what I was going to say. Uh, you lost your family. I mean, basically, they they took that away from you. And I and I oh and the 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 um the other thing, yeah, about not knowing when I'm joking is I just don't you know Twitter. I don't I don't take anything that seriously. I mean, I take things seriously. You know, I have kids, and you know, I'm not a total whack job. But um, <laughs> as far as Twitter, I'm like I'm a fucking comedian. This is a platform, like, 
you know, be all about whatever social, you know, any social stuff, go ahead, tweet about whatever, you know, you, you want to tweet about. And I, but I feel like everybody else is picking up the slack on that. Like, I don't need to broadcast that like, yes, I'm on the right side of history with everything because I'm a rational guy, but I, I assume people know that about me and they don't. And I tweet these insane things like on my old account, like one good thing about the account being shut down. I'm like, oh, well now it's going to be, you know, people are going to dig up something from 2009 right. where I said something wildly inappropriate just because it was more acceptable to say something out like completely outrageous. Um, well, they can't cancel you. What are you going to do? Swat you? Get some raid? Uh, I mean, I do enough. Yeah, I could cancel myself. <laughs> yeah. um, Become self-canceled. I um, come close to it. But yeah. uh, but the, I, I, the, my old I, – I, I was talking to one of the uh, – this guy, Dan Cronin, who's a writer for Conan. Dan Cronin, writer for Conan. Um, <laughs> but he – we were messaging about something, and uh, – and I said, and it, it didn't dawn on me until they took my Twitter account away where I was, I thought, I wonder if Twitter, if my Twitter account has cost me work by tweeting crazy things and, you know, getting in weird fake fights. And I, I mentioned that because I think we were, we were texting about work or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think Twitter might have, I might have fucked myself with my old Twitter. And he was just like, you definitely did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, you, he's like, I thought you were an insane asshole until I met you and we did a show together and you're a totally normal, nice guy, but your Twitter presence, you seem like a psychopath. And I guarantee you, you've been up for jobs and they just Googled you, looked at your Twitter and said, you know what? I, I don't know what this guy's deal is, but he just said like, I support Bill Cosby or, or you know, like some other outrageous. Uh, yeah. I, and you're absolutely right. You definitely have been because I have been and I, I, I'm crazy on social media, but I don't reach the, some, some of the depths that you do. And uh, I say that in a very complimentary way. I woke up. Uh, I, I woke my wife up one night laughing hysterically and at the phone. She said, what the fuck is so funny? And I pointed to one of your tweets about uh, peeping Tom and your heart was beating. And it, it seems uh, like it's is he, is he real. Why is he? Why is he posting it? I said, I'm pretty sure he's just kidding about this, but you never know with this guy. I that's you know, it's hard for me to I get caught up in the moment of making myself laugh because once you get involved in the comedy business i feel like not a lot of things make you laugh like uh i mean obviously i'm friends with some of the funniest people on the planet um but as far as like watching comedy movies and comedy tv shows you're kind of watching it through a different lens because you like you it gets to a point where you just know people who are involved in everything and and you kind of you know it just kind of takes away the it's just like this peek behind the curtain where you can't just innocently watch a, a comedy. And uh, so I, it's up to me to really give myself these like juvenile giggles. And, and yeah, and that's another thing. Like I don't think about it on the surface, but I have a whole thing where I'm a peeping Tom. Like I just, <laughs> I go out and I talk about how I'm like, Looking in windows and, and under I, the floorboards, my heart is I beating through my chest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took a picture of uh, 
<laughs> I was like, I try. I saw a lady in her bra, and I tried to take a picture, but my flash was on, and it's just like a, yeah. a picture of like a street. Like I just went to my back door and took a picture with the flash. That's the one I was cracking up about, she, and that's the one that she thought well, it was real because it seemed yeah. like real enough. You were putting emotional, uh, emotional uh, attachment to it, or something. I mean, you do have to think about because then, like you know, I saw a friend of mine recently. She tweeted that there was an actual, you know, that their neighbors saw somebody looking in her windows or whatever. And I'm like, the reality of it is awful. So, and like, even when I'm doing the peeping Tom things, I'm thinking like, is somebody gonna, Right. people love to be fucking angry and call people out. And I'm just like waiting for someone to be like, you know, I'm glad you're having fun with all this, but I actually had a peeping Tom who, you know, terrorized my life for two years and, and now, you know, and he's in jail and he tried like, and it's like, yes, I'm not, I get it. Like the, everybody has a lot of experiences. I mean, if you boiled everything down to, you know, well, this might offend somebody, then don't, then just never speak because there's always going to be somebody who's like, well, my uncle has a wooden leg and he slipped on a banana peel once and fell into a manhole. But I'm <laughs> glad you think that's funny because <laughs> right. he's dead. I, I love that uh, complete, thorough, detailed uh, mock-up of of ridiculous, over-the-top reaction to a joke. Banana peel, manhole cover. You got you covered all the bases. <laughs> wooden leg. I'm a big wooden leg. Uh. I had a, a uncle that had a wooden leg, and they called him Hop. Uh, <laughs> and, and that would never go anymore. It'd be like, "Why are you being mean to him?" And being, but he actually embraced being called Hop. Well, yeah, uh, there's you know things used to be. Right. Like everybody well, wasn't so sensitive. One more time, I want to promo you. I'll let you go because I know you have things to do today, and I do appreciate your time here. World Record Podcast, it's available, and you can go to the Patreon page. That's where you should get it because you'll get the full length and all the bells and whistles and everything that comes with it. I guarantee you, you will not regret becoming a fan, becoming a member of this podcast. It's probably the the best use of your time on uh, for podcasting stuff other than issues with Andy, which you know is uh, my uh, current favorite. And I appreciate you coming on, Brendan. And, Thanks, again, man. and you can watch the uh, on YouTube too. There's a bunch of, uh, if you want to test, right. test the waters before you jump into the Patreon. It's, and, yeah, and I do appreciate you being here. I wish you good luck with, with what you got going on today, and, and thanks for coming, man. Really, you, this, this meant a lot to me, and I'm sure uh, it means a lot to the, the listeners and, and, and viewers of the show, so thank you. No, thanks for having me. Anytime. It was, that was fun. I, now, now I regret. Now after this, I'm going to sit down and regret uh, 90% of what I said. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was all good, please. No, it was fine. I, I do feel like we should – I'm like – well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we don't yeah. need to talk about Joe Rogan. Everybody knows about Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> but the it was important to the Austin conversation because it, it is why the Austin thing is going on. So, you know. Yeah, and now I don't know if we're going to – well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't keep that from – but now it's almost like cliché. You know, we were talking about it a year ago, and now it's just kind of like – when you mention to people that oh, I'm thinking about getting out of LA and they're just kind of like, Oh, we're going to move to Austin. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, at, at least it's not Brand Branson. There was a time when people thought it was cool to move to Branson. It was like, what the fuck? Oh, you want to become a hillbilly? What the hell is that? at <laughs> Branson, Missouri. Well, if anybody knows of good places to move that are fairly inexpensive and, uh, fun. Yeah. And, and you, and there's still places to work also. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult part. Thanks for coming. Good luck today, and I'll talk to you again. Bye. See you, man. Thanks a lot. Okay, have a great day. Bye. Uh, the one and only Brandon Waltz, B-Man. I'm sorry, Brandon Waltz is no longer exists. It's the B-Man, uh, and he's the host of the World Record Podcast. Uh, link is in the description. The Patreon link is in the description. I hope you check it out. That's our show for today. And no sponsors for today. I'll see you tonight. We have another uh, episode of Meet the Author. Uh, to be honest, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a um, letdown for me after, after getting to talk to Brendan today. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this program. I hope you tell your friends about it. I hope you come back. I hope you check out his uh, podcast. Until next time, I'm Matt Napple from the Mind Dog TV podcast. Thanks for coming. Have a great night. Bye for now.
to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.